these past few weeks actually have 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 had us in some pretty heavy commands. Uh, they've been good, uh, but they've been hard in in various ways. Um, today we're going to be looking at a command that I think is just beautiful. I mean, I really really do. And so I'm going to invite you to turn to Romans chapter 15 and uh, see if we can understand what this command is all about and, and why I think it's uh, so beautiful. Romans 15 verse 7 says, Therefore, welcome one another, just as Christ also welcomed you to the glory of God. That's our verse this morning. We're not looking at a whole long section Really, just one main verse. Uh, The Greek word that is uh, under our English word for welcome is proslambano. Interesting word, kind of fun to say. Uh, But as I've been studying uh, this week, I've really come to love this word. Uh, Translators of of various uh, Bible translations have have taken different approaches uh, to translating proslambano. Uh, ESV and RSV have it as welcome one another. Uh, King James has it as receive one another. Uh, The NIV and CSB, along with a lot of others, uh, chose to translate it as accept one another. Now, there, there are times when I'm studying a passage that I look at the translation choice, and I, I think, I'm not sure you got that, that one right, right? I mean, I know you had to make a decision, and, and translation is, is tough business, but I'm not sure you got that one right. Uh, other times, I think, what a great way to capture what, what that uh, word means in the original language. And then there's other times, and th- this was one of them, that I think, well, that's a good word choice. Oh, and, and that's a good word choice. That's a good, that's a good one too. Because uh, translating into English word for word can sometimes be really difficult because it's hard to find one English word that captures what's uh, behind that Greek or Hebrew word uh, that the original text had it in. Uh, and I think this morning, uh, the, the, the word that we're looking at here uh, is one of those cases where we need all of the various translations to, to sort of home in on the, on the meaning. Uh, so I want to see if I can help you appreciate this word proslambano. Uh, to begin with, all of the various definitions of the word include the word take, uh, not in the sense of taking something that, that doesn't belong to you, uh, but in the sense of, of taking in, okay? So sort of receiving. That's, that's why some of the translations use that. So the, the first uh, nuanced meaning of, of proslambano means to take or welcome someone into your household. Um, this, this person is more than just a temporary guest uh, they really become a part of the family. Uh, they are adopted, uh, whether literally or figuratively, right? They, they become a part of the family. Some of you have aunties and uncles 
or, or grandparents who aren't actually blood relatives, but they have been so adopted into your family uh, and you into theirs that it's as if they were blood relatives. Any, anyone have some people like that? Uh, I talked to someone just the other week that said uh, that uh, uh, Lee Clark was that for their family. Uh, he, was, he was grandpa to the boys. Uh, though he wasn't really, but he was, right? Uh, we had a family like that when our kids uh, were little. We spent so much time uh, with these people that it just made sense to call them auntie and uncle, right, with our, with our kids. And sometimes we'd, we'd go on date nights with this couple, and their parents would watch our kids, right? And on one of those occasions, uh, our son Ben was trying to figure out what exactly is this relationship? And he was out in the, in the garden with uh, this man, and, and he kept asking, what's your name? And his name was Harold. And uh, he'd try to learn, and he'd ask a little bit later, what's your name? Harold. What's your name? Harold. I think I'll just call you Grandpa. <laughs> and, and it stuck, Right? Uh, Proslambano uh, has this, this sense of taking someone into your home, into your family. Uh, so that's, that's one meaning. It also has a, another meaning. Um, it, it would be to take or accept someone, even as a stranger, as a traveling companion. I love this one. Uh, it, it, it includes sort of taking their hand as you travel. This morning I was... Uh, watching uh, some of our kids uh, as their friends arrived, right? And they, and they took each other's hands. Some of you have seen it happen, and they, and they, and they walk in together. They're, they're sort of traveling companions. Uh, Becky and I both grew up in small towns. Uh, she grew up in very small towns, uh, small enough that in our early school years, we didn't take the bus to school. We, we walked. But we didn't walk alone. In fact, Becky didn't take a school bus until I think her junior year in high school, and then that bus ride was like two hours long. But um, my point is we both remember walking to school with our friends. They were, they were our earliest traveling companions. Um, we, have a, we have a niece who was a missionary in Spain. She helped run a hostel on the path of a 600-mile uh, spiritual pilgrimage that, that people would uh, walk on. And, and she tells stories about people who begin the walk all alone. They have no traveling companion, but they quickly discover that that pilgrimage is better with a companion. And so they pretty quickly identify a stranger who will travel with them. And of course, many times they become close companions uh, by the end of the pilgrimage, and, and they They become a traveling companion much longer than that that trek. Uh, We all need traveling companions in life, people who will walk with us, um, regardless of how difficult the path becomes. Um, Author Caitlin Bouchelon, uh, in her book, Even If Not, says it this way, We belong to the kingdom, but for now we are all just walking each other home. I really like that. I really like that. 
So proslambano carries with it this meaning of adopting a person into your family, carries the idea of taking a person on as a, as a traveling companion. A third meaning of the word is to take or receive someone into yourself, to, to grant them access into the, the deep, sometimes even secret places of your heart. Um, I, I recently, last week, heard Buzz Cliff talking about the intimacy that develops between a husband and wife. And he identified three T's that uh, help to create that intimacy. Uh, time, talking, and transparency. Time, talking, and transparency. Um, Taking someone into the deep places of your heart will take all three of those. And Buzz, I was, I was thinking about it. Over time, a fourth T is sort of added to that, and that's trust, right? Um, I thought that was really good. Um, in, in the coming months here, you're going to be hearing more about uh, our small group ministry uh, at Grace. We call them Grace Groups. Uh, one of our grace groups has been meeting together in one form or another for over 40 years. I think it's close to 45 now. Um, they named their group, not all of our groups do this, but this group named their group Soul to Soul. Uh, they even had pens and stationery made up with, with that name on it. Why? Because they're sharing their lives Together, They've let one another into those vulnerable places of their hearts. And it, and it becomes a really, really beautiful thing. Well, the, the last nuanced meaning of proslambano is, is a little bit of a surprising one at, at first. It means to take in food, especially after a fast. And it, it carries with it the idea of savoring the flavor of, of a favorite food that you've been without for a long time. Probably most of us, uh, when I say this, uh, uh, something, a food will come to mind for you that maybe your mom or your grandma uh, used to make that you really miss. You haven't had it in a long time, years, maybe, maybe decades. Imagine sitting down uh, to eat that meal again today. Uh, would you just wolf it down or would you, would you savor every bite? Maybe you'd want to wolf it down, right? But then maybe it would occur to you, I may not have this for a long time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to savor every bite. Uh, some of our relationships are that way. Now, we may not see those people on a regular basis, but when we do, we just want to linger for a long time with that person. I've got friends like that. Uh, recently, uh, Becky was telling me she went to lunch with a friend. They sat uh, and talked uh, over lunch. Uh, then the happy hour crowd came and left, and they were still there talking. And then the dinner crowd came, and it was about that time that they decided we should probably free up this table and, and move on. But time just became not a thing because they were just savoring uh, their friendship. By the way, she told me they tipped very well that day. So if you're worried about that. So 
that's sort of a snapshot of this wonderful word that we have translated as, as welcome one another. It's a, it's a rich word that's both deep uh, and wide in its meaning. But Paul's instruction gives us an example to follow, doesn't it? He doesn't just say, welcome one another. He says, therefore, welcome one another just as Christ also welcomed you. Same word. So uh, we're supposed to proslambano one another just as Christ did that for us. So we have to ask, how, how did Christ welcome us? And again, I think these nuanced uh, meanings of this word um, help us to understand. Uh, I, I want to suggest that these various definitions of the word help us to understand how Christ has welcomed us. So first of all, this one's kind of obvious, I think. He has welcomed us into God's family, hasn't he? Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't, he didn't wait until we saw things his way. While we still hated God, Christ died for us. He took the initiative. And then he adopted us as his own children. 2 Corinthians 6 to 18, God says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons. You will be sons and daughters to me. Um, Here's another, I love this verse, Psalm 68, 6. God sets the lonely in families. Don't you love that? Here's another one. Uh, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So when we ask, how is Jesus welcomed us? Well, he's done it by bringing us into the family of God. And so I want to suggest that if we are to welcome others, just as Christ has welcomed us, it has to involve bringing others into the family of God. Do you see? I'm starting to hear more and more stories from you all about uh, people who have found our church and really love what they've found here, and they're inviting their friends to come with them. I'm hoping that more and more of you will proslambano your friends and your family in this same way. Now, here's the thing. Those of us who have been around Grace for a long, long time uh, need to welcome, receive, uh, accept those new folks into our church family as well. So that's, that's one way that he has welcomed us. Uh, here's another way he's welcomed us, as, as traveling companions. Uh, when Jesus first called the disciples, he said, follow me, walk with me, right? Uh, when Philip asked Jesus to show them the way to the Father, Jesus said, I am the way. When Jesus commissioned the disciples to go into all the world, he said to them, I am with you always. When we're afraid of going it alone, uh, the writer of Hebrews reminds us of the words from Deuteronomy, don't be terrified or afraid. I will go with you. I will never leave you and never forsake you. So how has Jesus welcomed us? Well, in this way, Jesus has welcomed us by traveling with us. I think we might tend to uh, think of examples 
uh, of, of, of how uh, this addresses our, our feelings of aloneness uh, or the comfort that we have in knowing that Jesus is with us. And that's really important. But another way to look at this is, is by thinking of it in this way. We take Jesus with us wherever we go. Um, I got a haircut this week. Some of you are saying it's about time. <laughs> I don't like getting haircuts, but I, I have to. I, have to. I mean, eventually, I got, I got to. But anyway, uh, my barber knows that I'm a pastor, which is... I've actually been uninvited to barber shops because of that. But um, this guy, uh, I really like him. He knows that I'm a pastor, and this week he said to me, Dean, you know, I'm not a religious guy, uh, but I sure like it when you come in my shop. Uh, when you come in, the, the mood changes in here. Somehow things seem brighter. Now I've got to tell you, that's not me making things brighter. Okay? I mean, I can, I can be a nice guy, I guess, but that's... Not me changing the mood of things in the barbershop. That's Jesus coming with me into the barbershop. Jesus has has welcomed us as his traveling companions, and this means that we take him with us wherever we go. Wherever we go. So I want to challenge you to to be aware of that this week. Uh, It should change our behavior when we realize that Jesus is our traveling companion, right? That's the second way. Third way Christ has welcomed us is that he has shown us the heart of God. Uh, it's clear through all of Gen- Jesus's ministry that he, was, uh, he had an intimate relationship with the Father, right? But it's also clear that he came to show us the Father's heart. We spent uh, this summer, three weeks, I think it was, in John 17. And in his prayer in John 17, Jesus says to the Father, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. He came to show us the Father's heart. Uh, Galatians 4.8 talks about knowing God and being known by God, which is a, a core need, I believe, that we all have to know God and to be known by God. It's, it's, it's something God has hardwired into us and, and he loves to complete it in us. Uh, Jesus has welcomed us to the very heart of God. And so as we spend time with God, we understand more and more of God's heart. We become, like Jesus, more and more intimate with the Father. Back to Buzz's illustration. Developing intimacy with God takes time. You've got to spend time with him. It, it takes talking with him. Prayer, right? It means being transparent with God about the things that are on your heart. So um, uh, taking him into your heart, right? Fourth meaning of the word proslambano, uh, I see a little bit of a reversal here. Um, this, is the, this is the meaning that has to do with taking in and, and savoring food, uh, especially after a fast. 
So I'm, I'm thinking instead of applying this to God savoring us, uh, I think of words from Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. See, having been welcomed by God, we welcome him in savoring the richness of his goodness. Uh, this is going to mean for, for a lot of us, this is hard because we've got to slow down. We've got to slow down enough to reflect on who God is and what he has done. As busy as all of our lives are, this, this takes some intentionality. Uh, you have to make time for this. It uh, might be in the early morning hours before the rest of the family gets up. might be uh, later in the evening, you know, after the kids are in bed. Um, for some of you, it, it might just be on your drive to work. Instead of listening to the radio, whatever you listen to, uh, how about listening to Scripture? Listen to God talking to you. Um, and then talk to Him about what He has said to you. How what He has said makes you feel. What do you think about that? Right? Uh, so there's, there's one more aspect of, of Christ welcoming us that's not really a part of the definition of proslambano, but, but Paul adds it at the end of verse 7. He says, Therefore welcome one another just as Christ also welcomed you to the glory of God. Uh, Christ welcomed us not just because he was a super sweet guy who wanted to be nice to us, you know. He has welcomed us out of obedience to God and for the glory of God. Remember in the garden, Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours be done. He went to the cross out of obedience to God and for the glory of God. Philippians 2 tells us that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death on a cross. And the, and the paragraph ends with, to the glory of God the Father. Everything Jesus did was to the glory of God the Father. And so for us, we don't proslambano one another simply to create a friendly place where people will want to come. That's not the goal of welcoming one another. We welcome one another because it brings glory to God. Uh, it's, it's a way, actually, that we worship. Uh, if worship is responding to God for who he is and what he has done, if, if we are to reflect the heart of God, welcoming one another is one of the ways that we can do that. So let me, let me try to wrap this up. We're commanded to welcome, uh, accept, uh, receive one another as Christ has done the same for us, and we're to do that all for the glory of God. So that means we welcome one another into this family of faith right here. We're, we're brothers and sisters and aunties and uncles and, and grandparents. Um, when we first moved to St. Helens almost five years ago now, uh, someone told us that we would be accepted as locals once we had been here about 50 years. And I really think they were only kind of kidding. Um, that's not how it can be here in the church. It's got to be different. Uh, 
We're family here. We're not strangers. We're family. Uh, We've all of us been adopted into that family. Uh, no, No one of us has more status than the other. Uh, Secondly, welcoming one another means that we view one another as traveling companions, walking this faith journey together. So I have to ask, how are we being intentional about helping each other walk the journey? I I think especially here in the Northwest, we have this independent pioneer mindset where so many of us feel like we don't need anyone else's help. And, and, the, and the flip side of that is we don't want anyone getting in our way. I got a goal, right? Don't bother me. Don't slow me down. Are we willing to walk with others? Are we willing to walk with someone who might be more familiar with the path and, and might know more than, than we do about the dangers of that path and how to be safe on that path? Or if we're that more mature person, can we slow down to walk with a brother or sister who needs our help. We're traveling companions. Thirdly, welcoming one another means that we need to receive one another into our lives, soul to soul, if, if you will. Uh, being transparent with one another. And this can be really scary for some who have been hurt by that in the past. You, you trusted, you opened your heart, and, and you got burned. Uh, for the rest of us, it, it means we've got to make sure we don't give that other person a reason to believe they shouldn't welcome us inside. Uh, we've got we to be trustworthy, right? Fourthly, welcoming one another means that when we spend time with one another, uh, we should be taking one another in, like, like food we haven't tasted in a long time, savoring the goodness of one another. We need to make time to enjoy the people God has placed in our lives. Is there a friend you need to call this afternoon? Just say, hey, I've been thinking about you. I miss you. Maybe they're a long ways away and the phone call is all you're going to be able to do. Maybe you need to get together and just savor that relationship. Uh, Finally, Uh, This all has to be done with an awareness of how Christ has welcomed us, which is to the glory of God. And I take this to mean that somehow when we do this, we are sort of re-proclaiming the gospel. Uh, If our welcoming or accepting of others is always, as it should be, with an awareness of how Christ has welcomed us, it's kind of like we're retelling the story again. And it's a great story. When's the last time you told the story of how Jesus welcomed you into God's family? Told somebody how he did that. Told somebody how you were before and what he's done in your life since. Uh, One last thing. Uh, Our verse this morning says that Christ has welcomed us, past tense, But I think we know, uh, I don't know if everyone knows it, but I'll I'll, I'll say it again, there's also a future welcoming to come. Uh, In John 14, Jesus tells the disciples that he's going to prepare a place for them, 
And when they get there, he will be there to welcome them personally. I love it. I especially love the New Living Translation of uh, John 14. It's, it's, it's so good. And you know, that's not just true for the 12 apostles who first heard Jesus say that. It's true for every one of us who have been adopted into God's family. One day in the future, Jesus is going to welcome us home. Uh, we prayed earlier for the Thiessen family. Uh, it's, it's really important when we grieve to, to understand that we're not saying goodbye, not forever. Uh, for those of you who knew Bob well, um, the, the pain of the loss is, is horrible. It's, it's really hard. Um, a few years ago, I, I lost seven friends to cancer in just over two years' time. It's hard. Uh, it hurts. But as believers, we have this certain hope that, that when a believer leaves this life, they are welcomed into the arms of, of Jesus. And we will be too. And we'll see Jesus and them again. Uh, Becky had the privilege of, of being with her dad when he went home to be with Jesus. He'd been in a coma for a couple of days following a severe stroke. And it was, uh, it was amazing. In those last moments, he opened his eyes, he stretched out his arms, and then laying in that bed, his legs started running. Uh, we can only make one conclusion from that. He was running home to Jesus. He was being welcomed home by Jesus. And one day we'll get to see him again. So those of you who are grieving the loss of Bob or any other loved one, uh, it's good to grieve. It's important to grieve. But as you grieve, do it with the hope of one day being welcomed uh, by Jesus and reunited with those uh, you love who have gone before you. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Let's pray. Lord, this is uh, such a beautiful word that you uh, directed by your Holy Spirit, Paul, to use here in Romans 15. And, and the, the depth and the breadth of a word, I think, so wonderfully uh, show your heart for us and how you have welcomed us. And we want to take just a moment here, Lord, to, um, to thank you for that uh, in song and then, and then move, uh, move out from there to uh, being committed to welcoming others as you have welcomed us. Thank you.